Welcome to Everyone Loved It But Me. My name is Lisa Hedger. I'm your host. I'm a freelance writer, journalist, and editor in Central Ohio. This is the podcast where we analyze super popular literature, offer up different opinions, and like to talk a lot about literature that is not quite on the New York Times bestsellers list and give you some other options of books to read. Today, I am going to talk about a topic people ask me about all the time, which is how do you write a negative review? How do you offer up a negative review when someone asks you about a book that you don't love? That's what we do a lot on the podcast, and it's a bit of a delicate dance. If you've listened to this show, you've you've heard myself and, and guests talk about books, and we try to do so in a very constructive way without book bashing, but sharing things we like and don't like. So there is definitely an art to this, and I'm going to talk about that. And then I have a little gem. I'm very excited about this. I'm going to talk about how the daughter of a 74-year-old writer who spent 14 years writing a novel. She did one TikTok and turned his book into an overnight sensation. Going to hit those, those two topics. Now, on to the show. All right, before we jump right in, I always want to ask a quick favor. If you could press like or follow for my podcast, wherever you listen to it on your phone, sometimes there's a little plus button, a little arrow, whatever it is. If you could just follow me so you get all my new episodes each week, that would be a huge help. And of course, if you can just tell your friends and relatives who love books, tell them about my podcast, that would be a big help. Now I'm going to jump in to this topic, which I know is controversial, how to write or pass on a negative review. Now, of course, I really consider, I like to use the words, you know, like a constructive review, not a critical book review, but a, but a constructive review. I know everybody kind of considers them to be negative, but you know, if, it, if you didn't love the book, it feels like it's a negative review. I do kind of call it a constructive review. First thing is that I want to think about what is the purpose of my review, right? For the podcast or when I'm writing it on Goodreads or, or I'm sharing, I'm telling someone, I read a book and someone says, what did you think of it? The purpose of me sharing my opinion is I'm not mad at the author. If I didn't like it, I'm not you know, mad at the publisher or anything like that. My purpose of telling you my review is I'm trying to match up a potential reader with the right book, right? The right book and the right reader. I want to give you the information as a potential reader that you that might help you decide if this is the book for you or not. Just because it wasn't the book for me doesn't mean that it may not be the perfect book for you. And I, I've talked about this before, but on the Everyone Loved It But Me books, we talk so much about the books, of course, that we don't love or my guests didn't love or maybe I didn't love. And people come up to me or message me a lot and say, oh, I really think I'm going to like that book. And that is perfect because that is the whole point that there could be a, a book that maybe I didn't love or a guest didn't love or somebody didn't love on a review. But if you write it, if you share it, 
in the right way, it can help find other readers. So that's what I'm trying to do is it's almost like bookmatch.com. Okay. (laughs) When I'm getting ready to write my critical, constructive, maybe negative book review, Number one, I'm trying to figure out who was the audience for this book. Sometimes I'm actually not the intended audience. If I read a young adult book, I'm no longer a young adult. (laughs) If I read a middle grade book or maybe I read a big, big like history or sci-fi book, I like sci-fi, I like history, but I do not consider myself a history buff or a sci-fi buff. I think it is fair to acknowledge that I may not be the ideal reader. For instance, when I gave my review of Tomorrow, 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 and Normal People, I enjoyed both those books to some extent. But I also acknowledge that I'm probably not the premier main ideal audience. For instance, I would argue, I think Normal People, which I'd mentioned focuses a lot on young love. I think that ideal audience for that book is probably folks... No, 18 to 25, maybe 18 to 30. I did think that book was was really interesting, but I think it's essential to say, you know, I may not be the ideal audience for this, and here's who I think could be that ideal audience. That's one of the first things I, I like to do when I'm setting up my review. I just read a book. It has to do a lot with with what I write about in my business world. And for me, it just reminded me so much of like what I write about in my business that I think that's one of the reasons why it was it didn't feel like a pleasure book for me or an escape. It felt like, oh, wow, this is what I do a lot of times. And, you know, and, and I think it's important to acknowledge that like, oh, okay, this is probably one reason maybe I didn't love this book as much as because it reminded me of what I do in my everyday business life. The second thing that I, I want to do is I want to think about what is it that everyone else might enjoy about the book that perhaps I didn't love. For instance, you know, I'm thinking back to a cozy mystery I read last year. It was very plot heavy. There were dozens of characters, but it was a really lovely cozy mystery. I had a hard time keeping track of the characters. However, it's it, it, I can write that review and say, you know, it was difficult for me to keep track of all the characters, but if you love a plot-driven mystery book with all sorts of different characters, you should check this one out. So I try to think about, is is this something, is there a lot of humor in the book? So I try to highlight what people might enjoy and, and the things that I did enjoy. You know, is it a lyrical writing style? Did I like the setting? Of course, you know, and where the crawdads sing, certainly everybody loved the the setting. I try to talk about specific things that even if I didn't love it, you know, I could say, oh my goodness, the, the setting was incredible in, in that particular book. And I also like to highlight, I highlight a lot when a book is unique as well. So, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit a little bit more as as well, like kind of unique writing. The third thing that I want that I pay special attention to that's important to me is I look 
at the book. I look at the popularity of the book. I look if I'm reading a book and writing a review on a book that has 3 million reviews and has sold 20 million copies and it's been on the New York Times bestsellers list for three years. Or am I reading a book that was self-published, has 40 reviews, and nobody's, unfortunately, not many people are reading this book. I will be a little more constructive to that book, you know, perhaps because of the hype, because that book that I sold 10 million or 20 million or 15 million or 5 million, you name it, if it sold whatever number million copies, it doesn't need a promoter. It doesn't need somebody out there pushing it. Now, that doesn't mean that we should just book bash it because we don't. That goes with those Everyone Loved It But Me books. But I feel like those are the kind of books that I can offer really candid, constructive books. Now, when I'm reading a minority author, an unrepresented author, a self-publishing author, an author who has sold just 50 or 100 or 500 or 1,000 copies, those are authors, those are people that their books aren't getting out there. They're not in the algorithm. They're not getting, you're not seeing them on your Instagram. You're not seeing them when you're reading a magazine about books or you're looking online. Those are the kind of authors that I want other people to give them a little more of a chance. You know, I try to be a little more gracious. Maybe those individuals didn't even have good editors. You know, I remember when Allie and I were talking about Verity with Colleen Hoover. We even acknowledged that it was a possibility since she did a lot of self-publishing that there were a couple aspects of that book that perhaps would have gotten tweaked a bit by an editor. I do want to be gracious and acknowledge and say, okay, you know, this is a book out here that's probably didn't have the same type of scrutiny as a you name it, that bestseller book, Where the Crawdads Sing, Normal People, many of these other books that are these Everyone Loved It But Me books. So I want to be gracious. And as I'm reading these books that just aren't popular, you know, they aren't selling, I often will, you know, give it an example as I'm reading the book, talk about things I liked. And sometimes I'll say, you know, perhaps an extra, you know, getting a, another editors, another set of eyes would be helpful for the next book or for the next, before you do the next round for, for this book. I know some people re-release the same book, you know, more than one time. So I'll encourage authors to consider doing a little more scrupulous editing. But I also like to give an example as I'm reading a book that, again, just is not popular at all. As I'm reading that book, I'll try to say something like, oh, I think readers of, you know, if you really like Sally Rooney, for example, I mentioned her earlier, you know, you might like this kind of book because it has to do with more about people or, or things like that. Or I might say, hey, if you really enjoyed Where the Crawdads Sing, I read a romantic comedy, a little on the spicy side. But it's an author who does not get a ton of reads and reviews. And I wrote in my review 
that the author did remind me of Emily Henry, who is a very, very, very popular writer. Uh, has written things like, you know, people we meet on vacation, beach read, for instance. And so in my review, I wrote, if you like those kind of books, those fun romantic comedy books, consider this author, add this author to, to your list of books. And I think that that's helpful. So that's, that's something I'm trying to do, especially when I am reading books. And, and I want to talk about these books that just aren't as popular. I want to I want to have an opportunity to to let other people consider them. You know, to say, "Hey, check check this one out." Another thing that I like to do, this is my I guess my number 4, is I highlight I like to highlight when a book when an author has done something really unique. When even if I think that unique aspect of writing, even if Perhaps I didn't necessarily love it. Maybe it didn't completely sell me, but they that author took a risk. They tried something different. And I want to acknowledge that because I think it's really hard to be risk takers, especially with writing. We all feel, you know, people feel like they kind of need to do the same thing. I think one of the most famous examples, of course, of, I guess, unique or experimental writing is certainly Lincoln and the Bardo. And I know a lot of people did not like that book. I certainly gave it an extra star because I thought it was unique. I enjoyed, I've mentioned the book Home Going. I, I thought I, that book for me was probably a three star read, but because the author had a very unique way of writing it, I gave it a fourth star and highlighted that in my review and said, you know, she took a risk. She carried this risk throughout the entire book, the way she set it up. She introduced two half-sisters, and then she continued to go through each one of their descendants all the way through the book. Reading it was really hard to keep track of those individuals. However, I felt like she did try something really unique, so I, I wanted to acknowledge that, and I also think that some readers... I think it's important sometimes to know when an author is doing something really different like that to kind of mentally prepare for that. It kind of helps you because I remember someone told me before I read that book, like, okay, you need to be prepared. You might have a hard time keeping track of the characters, but just, you know, kind of understand this ahead of time. And I appreciated that. I guess my number five here that I want to talk about this, I was reading on in a book riot post, which was... This difference between this author, I'll include this link in the show notes, was saying negative reviews, as I see it, are reviews in which someone talks about why they didn't like the book. Maybe the writing didn't come together, character development was shallow. Sometimes reviewers frame these dislikes as criticisms, but they're rarely backed up with examples from the text. And these are more, as this author is saying, these are opinions. These are, these are really opinions. And what this person is saying, a critical or what I would describe as more constructive review, is a little different. This author says a critical review takes issue with something in the text, maybe the way an author writes a black character, maybe, or the use of a homophobic trope or coded anti-Semitism in the prose, right? I've talked a homophobic trope. We talked about that in 
the Evelyn Hugo book. It's the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and my guest talked about that specific example. Another example is, like I said, was the anti-Semitism in the prose, which we talked about in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. So, and this article goes on to say, these critical reviews are dissecting, interrogating what an author has done. The critical reviews I find most useful and enlightening are usually reviews that address racism, homophobia, ableism, etc. But these are certainly not the only kind of critical review. You can certainly critical reviews as we were talking about. They're often less about a reviewer's personal preference and more about the specific perspectives that allow them to notice something troubling in the text. I think that's a really good point is offering up specific examples. I think, you know, like a boy in striped pajamas of that particular conversation we had on, on that show. If you haven't listened to that one, please check that one out. Focusing on anti-Semitism, the way that that book would portrayed Jewish individuals, portrayed the Holocaust, we tried to really delve into that and not just say something, you know, I don't like this book. I always think it's very important to be as specific as possible. That's, that's really just kind of a handful of examples of how to kind of offer up a negative, constructive, critical review. And these can be reviews that are in writing. These can be reviews that that you give to friends as well. Okay, now I want to switch gears, as promised, and talk about this really exciting bit of news about a 74-year-old author who wrote his book 11 years ago and only sold a few dozen copies here and there until his daughter posted a 12-second TikTok video and turned this book into a hit. Now, of course, we know, unfortunately, this doesn't happen all the time, of course, but it, it's a pretty cool story. So, you know, let's, it, it's kind of celebrating the, the underdog, if you will, which, again, we, we love to do. So Lloyd Devericks Richards spent 14 years writing his first novel, he wrote Stone Maidens on evenings and weekends and in between his full-time job where he was a corporate attorney at a Vermont insurance company. He was taking care of his kiddos. He published it in 2012 and it was it was flat, right? It was kind of what I just talked about. One of those authors, one of those books that just wasn't getting read. Now, here we are. More than a decade later, 11 years later, it's a mystery thriller. It's now number one on Amazon's books. It's a bestseller in Canada and the U.S. It's beat out several powerhouses. And it's really quite lovely. I'll include a, a link to her TikTok video. But she just included this little song and, and just was saying, you know, hey, I'd love it if you'd give my... My dad a little, here's, in fact, here's what she wrote. She wrote, he worked full time and his kids came first, but he made time for his book. He's so happy, even though sales aren't great. I'd love to see him get some more sales. He doesn't even know what TikTok is. 
And sure enough, it has gotten a huge amount of popularity. And now he is a TikTok sensation. And essentially, so I have not, so it is called Stone Maidens. I've not read this book yet. It's certainly on my list. I think it's really interesting. And it's, it's, a, it's a thriller. And here's here's kind of the synopsis is the chief forensic anthropologist for the FBI's Chicago field office. Christine Prusik has worked her fair share of bizarre cases, yet this one trumps them all. A serial killer is strangling young women and dumping their bodies in the steep forested ravines of southern Indiana with each victim the killer leaves a calling card a stone figurine carved like the spirit stones found among the native tribes of papua new guinea the same tribes prusik worked with a decade earlier while doing field research the personal nature of the similarity is eerie and frankly terrifying Prusik still carries trauma from her time in the field. So, I mean, right there, it kind of grabs you. And I, I, I think it's, I think it's exciting. I think it's fun that we're in this world where, you know, a daughter can post a, a, a lovely 12 second video that captures millions and millions of people and I now follow them on TikTok. I've never posted a video myself, but I do confess that I have spent some time watching book talk instead of reading. But I like that. That's a it's like I said, it's a lovely underdog story and it's one of those stories about an author who just spent years and years writing it and years again went by without anyone reading it. If you're so inclined, if you like some of these serial killer books, check it out. It is Stone Maidens and you can, you know, get it. I'll include a link to it in the show notes as well. I want to thank you as always for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I have a lot of fun talking about some of these unique topics. If you've ever got that Everyone Loved It But Me book that you would like to see me discuss, please reach out to me. My website is www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. And you can also find me anywhere on social media. I am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So you can find me at Lisa Hedger or Everyone Loved It But Me. Thanks again for your time. I hope you have a lovely day. And most importantly, I hope you get time to read today.